This story, or one like it, is told in all four of the Gospels with a few differences. Matthew's account is very similar to Mark's. Luke, in chapter 7, tells a different story about uh, earlier, from earlier in Jesus' ministry, about another unnamed woman at a dinner who washed Jesus' feet with her tears and dried them with her, un, with her loosened hair. That was a very scandalous thing because women never took down their hair in public in those days. John, in chapter 12, puts those two stories together and says it was Mary, the sister of Lazarus, who poured perfume on Jesus' feet and then wiped them with her hair. Whoever this woman with the perfume was, she came to Jesus with an extraordinary gift. Nard was imported. It came from northern India, from a plant that grew near the foot of the Himalayas. It wasn't cheap. The woman had about a pint of it, about this much, uh, worth 300 silver coins, or about a year's worth of wages. By today's standards, it was worth tens of thousands of dollars. And this wonderfully fragrant nard was bottled in a glass-like, translucent alabaster flask with no lid. The bottle was sealed as one piece from, you know, the, with the expensive perfume encased within. It didn't have a screw top, a wax plug, or even a cork. There was only one way to open it snap off the top. It was a single-use container. There was no way to use just a little bit, no saving of any of it for later. So the woman used it, pouring the entire contents on Jesus' head. Now, the others at dinner were shocked at what they were seeing. They simply could not believe it. Just like that, snap, pour. The bottle was broken and the entire contents emptied onto Jesus. Just like that, thousands of dollars of perfume were running down his hair, dripping onto his clothes and down onto the floor. Just like that, a year's worth of hard labor was gone, poured out on Jesus. Just like that. They were right to be shocked. This was incredible. It was way over the top. Nard is strong-smelling stuff. I once went to a worship service where the pastor brought uh, some nard that she had purchased in Israel and put just a couple drops of it in a little dish and then, you know, marked the sign of the cross on our foreheads. There were 50 of us in the at the service, and whoo, <laughs> you could smell it. It, it was the, filled the entire sanctuary with the scent. Can you imagine having a pint of perfume poured all over you? That's a lot of perfume. The Gospel of John said the scent filled the whole room, probably filled the whole town. People were scandalized to see all that expensive perfume dripping down, soaking into the earthen floor, lost forever. 
You have to admit, the woman's gift was an extravagant gesture, an extravagant waste, we think. Thousands of dollars gone in a moment. Some of the people there complained that the money could have been used for better purposes. Why didn't she sell it and give the money to the poor? One Christmas recently, my folks said, you know, rather than spending so much on presents for each other, let's give money to local hunger charities instead. It's kind of a radical idea that for Jesus' birthday, we should give presents to Jesus rather than to ourselves. After all, Jesus said, when you do something for one of the least of these, you're doing it to me. Every day we hear about all kinds of needs in the world. Parents who can't pay for their child's cancer treatment, people without food or clean water or education, people who are homeless, refugees in tent slums, mired in deep poverty. Think of all the good that could have been done with a year's wages. How many hungry people could have been fed? How many widows and orphans could have been given shelter and assistance? How could she possibly justify pouring out thousands of dollars in perfume on Jesus' head? We're not told why the woman did it. Whether it was out of gratitude or great love, in order to demonstrate that Jesus was the anointed king or to honor him. But couldn't she have honored him with a smaller amount? A little perfume goes a long way. But look at how Jesus responded. He didn't scold her for wasting precious resources. He praised her. He didn't tell her not to get carried away or remind her to keep things in balance and avoid extremes. For Jesus, it wasn't an issue of neglecting the poor. Jesus' ministry proved his love and concern for them. And it wasn't a matter of making choices between two good things, like a careful board of trustees. There was nothing to balance, nothing to consider. It was simple. It was an issue of a broken container. It was a matter of a vessel that had been broken and now could only be used completely, holding nothing back. And the vessel that was broken, the vessel that won the praise of Jesus, was the woman herself. She was just doing what broken vessels do. They give everything. Once she had been broken, there was no option. She gave it all. Of course she did. She could do nothing else. When we are sweetly broken by Jesus. We do the same. We pour ourselves out in eager service, holding nothing back. We don't do it for people's applause or appreciation. We pour ourselves out because it's all we can do. Leave her alone, Jesus said. She's done a beautiful thing to me. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Wait a minute. For his burial? 
what on earth has the woman's gift got to do with Jesus' death? What's the connection between perfume and crucifixion? The one was a costly gift poured out in love, and the other... That's it, isn't it? Jesus' death was an even more extravagant gift. He poured out His life. His blood dripped down and soaked into the soil just like the perfume. The woman's gift points to the greater gift. Christ ransomed us, not with silver or gold or a year's worth of wages, but with His precious blood and His innocent suffering and death. He gave His life to wash us clean. Let's read about that for a moment. If you have your Bibles or grab the ones in front of you and turn to 1 John chapter 1, almost all the way to the back of your Bibles. In your pew Bible, it's page 1898. These three letters were written by the same person that wrote the Gospel of John one of the apostles. Now, verses 8 and 9 are very familiar. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. But look what comes right before that. Verse 5. This is the message that we have heard from Him and declare to you. God is light, And in Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. The light of God's love purifies us. It changes us into new people. How do you respond to God's gift of love? You give yourself away extravagantly. Like the old hymn says, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. In John's gospel, when Jesus washed his disciples' feet in the upper room, He said to them, I have given you an example that you should also do as I have done to you. Pour yourselves out. Serve others. Give yourselves away. Six days earlier, Mary had anointed Jesus and wiped up the mess with her hair. She carried the smell of that perfume with her. People could tell when she walked in a room because she smelled like Jesus. We are the aroma of Christ, Paul says. Turn a little bit to the left in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 2. In your pew Bible, it's 1796. 
Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, his second letter, he says, starting with verse 14, But thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ, and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one, we are the smell of death. To the other, the fragrance of life. We carry the aroma of Christ with us. Jesus probably still had the smell of the perfume clinging to Him as He hung on the cross and when He rose from the dead. The smell of death the fragrance of life poured out in love. How will we pour ourselves out in love? Who around us needs what we have to give? Jesus reminds us, you always have the poor with you. There are always people around us, next door and across the world, who need our help. The story of the anointing at Bethany is a strange, strange story. Thousands of dollars poured out in love. What that woman did was shocking. What if we were both as careless and as loving? Perhaps the shocked world would say, look at those crazy Christians. They give themselves away out of love. Amen.